There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lowe, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors put up yet another loss. That's correct. And I'm still here and you're still here, which means that we are all very, very invested in a team that was not so invested in giving a great effort tonight. Raptors losing by a score of 108 to 103. Quite honestly, this game was headed to become a blowout. Um, you know, it it just didn't seem like, you know, the Raptors had that much in them tonight. Um, and, you know, I think you could point to, obviously, you know, absences. Um, the Raptors came in today with 11 guys, I think. Although, to be honest, I don't really want to point to that. I mean, the Hawks didn't have Trey Young. The Hawks were without Danilo Gallinari. Hawks were without, like, six or seven guys of their own. There were only 21 available players to play this game. Like, you literally couldn't even play one game of baseball. Uh, with these two teams tonight, but um, in any case, you know, just it, it was not a very good effort by the Raptors. Who I gotta say, a lot of selfish play, which is unnormal with this team. I would say um, it's very unusual. The Raptors are, generally speaking, not a team that plays a lot of ISO ball. Not a lot. Not a team that sort of um, sort of puts offense in front of defense in terms of priorities, but. Uh, I don't know. There was just a lot of negative play, I would have to say. Like, you know, Nick Nurse described it as, you know, unenergetic. Uh, you know, it's a lot of pounding of the ball. Honestly, you know, I, I thought that, you know, how the Raptors have moved, like, their championship banner um, to Tampa Bay. They moved, like, their court to Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, they moved their team to Tampa Bay. But I thought they moved Dwayne Casey's rock to Tampa Bay as well today, given the way the Raptors were pounding the ball. 
Let me just give you one stat that will blow your mind. The Raptors had, through three quarters of basketball, had nine total assists. Nine in three quarters. That's three assists per quarter. That's basically... I don't know if people have seen this. This is a very obscure reference. But if you haven't seen it already, the Orlando Magic once tweeted out in 2018 a stat graphic with Shelvin Mack. And the stat graphic was uh, led the team in assists, 3.9 assists. And the Orlando Magic tweeted out, congratulations, Shelvin Mack, for leading the team with 3.9 assists. And that graphic, of course, got flamed because, you know, I mean, come on, four assists. Um. That was the Raptors all night. And there was a lot of selfish play, I thought, honestly. Like, you know, I think OG Anobi called his own number quite a few times. I think Gary Trent Jr. called his own number quite a few times. There was, like, two plays that stand on my mind where um, OG's wide open with his hands up. And Gary just looked him off. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, Trent was open. You know, it was a two-on-one fast break. OG had the ball. The defender committed to him. That's, like, 100% of the time you pass that ball. To the guy who's on your side, which is Gary Trent. But then he decides not to pass to Gary. OG goes on for the layup. The layup rolls out. And Boucher is um, there to sort of tip it in. But it's an offensive rebounding. Um, or it's an offensive cylinder interference. So the basket's rolled out. Like, what What are you doing? I mean, the game ended up becoming a one-possession game at the end. All these mistakes. Like, what, what were they doing? And listen, you could say, well, you know, they didn't have their point guards tonight. Obviously, no Kyle, no Fred. Fred apparently, you know, Nick was asked about his timetable, said he doesn't have a timetable, and he said that he wasn't um, optimistic, I guess. I'm not sure what the exact quote wording that he said, but didn't sound that great to me. And, um, you know, no no, Kyle. He, he was rested. Um, okay, I mean, look, the Raptors have a pretty packed schedule. He's a veteran. Um, yeah, go ahead and rest him, I guess. You know, I mean, he had been out for a while, but... You know, again, just there's no real need to push it. So, okay, so he's rested. And then Bembry was ruled out today as well. And Bembry's obviously been running a lot of point for the team sort of when he's been in. And so that left Malachi in there. And, and I thought Malachi did an okay job of running the, the you know, the offense. I mean, there was occasionally where Malachi had the ball for like, you know, the, the, the possessions that people, you know, uh, really get on Fred for, which is to, to hold the ball, pound it, try to get a screen, doesn't really see anything, then had to pull it out with like five, six seconds, and then just basically go up to a pull-up jumper that misses. Like, there was there was some of that, too, with him. But for the most part, not a very good offensive performance by the Raptors. And I thought, you know, kind of a deeply selfish one, where it seemed like a lot of guys were just trying to get their own. And, you know... Okay, that's fine. I can accept the offense being ragged on a game like this. You know, of course, like, you know, you're missing a lot of your creators. Your offense might get ragged. Obviously, if Kyle's on the floor, you're probably not going to see as many players calling ISOs and all that stuff. But, you know, defensively, I didn't think the Raptors did that great either. And, you know, you might say, well, listen, 108 points, the Hawks, that's not bad. Well, first up, the Hawks didn't have, um, you know, Trey Young tonight. And that's 30 points and 10 assists right off the board. And um, the way the Raptors play defense, especially in the perimeter tonight, was truly shocking. Like, you knew Clint Capella was going to, you know, eat Chris Boucher alive. And, and, and Capella had 19 points and 21 rebounds. You know, I mean, you just know that. Capella is what, you know, you would ideally want Boucher to be, right? But he, he's very strong. He's very capable. Very, very good player. And he's hurt the Raptors earlier this season as well. So I'm not surprised there. That one you understand. That's a bad matchup. You get it. But the other guys along the perimeter... Brandon Goodwin, 18 points. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 23 points. Kevin Herter, 17 points. Those three guys torched the Raptors. And it was a really, really sad defensive display 
from OG and Gary Trent Jr., who, again, those two guys are, you know, defensively, in terms of the reputation, pretty good defenders. And, of course, we've seen, you know, at least with OG, we've seen him a lot longer than we have seen with Trent. But at least with OG, we know he, what he's capable of defensively. Man, we've seen this guy D up Giannis. We see this guy D up, you know, whoever. You really, I mean, he's like literally, statistically speaking, the most switchable defender in the NBA. You know, we, we, we always talk about him getting all defensive uh, consideration. Today... I mean, it was he was giving no consideration to to defense at all. Like that's that's what it was at. Like he flipped that whole sentence around because like I, it was I, it was shocking to be honest to see him chase around Bogdan Bogdanovich like that. And the guys were making gambles too. I, it didn't really make sense. Like one play that really stood out to me was like so you know this is maybe four minutes left in the game. The Raptors are still in it. You know, I mean, whether you want them to win or not, you would still like to see this team take a professional approach to something basic like defense. Okay, so, because um, you're, you're watching the team. Like, you're literally watching the team. You can accept that they lose, but just, like, you know, like, do what you're supposed to do and you lose, that's fine, right? In any case, you know, transition opportunity here for the Hawks, but it's, like, off a dead ball or basically they're, they're bringing the ball up slowly. For some reason, OG's just absentmindedly picking up the center instead of picking up um, his guy. And so this forces Ken Birch, the, the Raptors center, to pick up one of the, the, the Hawks' wings. I think it was Bogdanovich. So then, you know... Uh, they actually run a pretty good defensive possession there, but again, I just don't like that. That's like absentmindedly you're just giving up uh, a mismatch for no absolute reason whatsoever. But then the Raptors actually do contain quite well. They show help. Bogdanovich is trapped. He kicks it out to, to Goodwin on the perimeter. And this is like two seconds left when he makes this pass. And Gary Trent Jr., who's guarding Goodwin, decides to jump the passing lane and try to go play for the steal instead of just like playing very solid defense. He was in very good position. He could have got a hand up. He could have even forced... Goodwin into a, a you know a, a, a shot clock violation like he was in that good position but instead he jumps the passing lane gambles and with one second left on the clock they're giving him a wide open three and the guy makes it this is in the fourth quarter with four minutes left in the game you gotta be serious at that point you gotta be serious and play some freaking defense and I was disappointed to see those two guys because OG and Trent those guys are guys that you rely on for perimeter defense and to see the way they were torched and ripped apart by like you know listen I like Bogdan Bogdanovich he's a nice player I like Kevin Herter. He's a nice player. He looks kind of like Brian Windhorst in the face randomly. But in any case, those two guys shouldn't be just making these two established defenders who we know can guard at a high level run around like chickens with their heads on. Like, what is going on here? And it just felt like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the circumstances are what it were. Maybe the, you know, um, you know, maybe they have given up in their minds or maybe this is just sort of a, a day off. Everyone obviously has an off day. But, you know, it's it's... I don't know. It was disappointing because as, as, as a viewer, you watch this and you're just like, yo, this is a waste of my time. It's not a waste of my time. I get paid to cover the team. And I'm going to, you know, be very honest about what I'm saying here and what I'm seeing. But I'm sure for, you know, thousands of other people who are watching this game, when you see possessions like that, you're like, yo, this is a waste of my time. This is a waste of my time. Why am I going to tune in to see guys not follow assignments? You know, listen, you're already shorthanded. You know, it's, it's if you want to take some extra shots offensively okay i understand that but the defensively the raptors had more than enough in the in terms of the personnel to get this result done and i don't even care about the win i just care about how they play and the way they play tonight it was it was it was it was selfish and to be honest the raptors deserve to finish this game in another blowout but you know it took a rookie who made the most promising plays down the stretch and that was malachi flynn who had four three-pointers in the last two minutes of the game Two of those were off good ball movement, which, by the way, there was no ball movement. Again, nine assists or three quarters. The shocking. Um, but you have Malachi Flynn with four threes in the last two minutes. Two of those off nice ball movement. 
to sort of cut into the lead. I think that brought it down to single digits. Then Flynn hit two more ridiculous threes, and that was great to see. And, of course, it wasn't enough, but it was great to see the rookie do that. But the rookie had to do that because you know what the veterans are doing. Okay, so with in an eight-point game, the Raptors have the ball. It's imperative that they score here. You know what they're getting? They're getting a Chris Boucher step-back three with a hand in his face. And, of course, it bricks because, like, why wouldn't it brick? That's an awful shot. And Chris Boucher wasn't hot today either. He's one of three. Like, what are you doing? That's a horrible shot, right? And I understand, oh, it's a late-game situation. You know, you got to get a shot up. Yo, there was like 14 seconds on the shot clock. Like, you have to do something better than that. You just have to. That's like a 0% shot. Like, I'm out here sounding like freaking Patrick Ewing, coaching Georgetown. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Do you practice that shot? When? Like, it's, it was really like I was yelling that on my TV. I didn't even care about the result of this game. It's just, again, I care about the process of how the game is played. That's a bad shot. And then the next play down, I think the Raptors will maintain possession, maybe a loose ball, whatever. Um, they, they run the, the you know a, a play for, on the baseline for Gary Trent to come to the corner and shoot. And the Hawks care, covered it really well. And the Hawks were all over Gary Trent. And Gary still decides to shoot. This is on a game where he shot 3 of 15 from the field, including 0 of 7 from 3. He decides to jack up a corner 3 with a guy all over him. Again, this is a huge, not even a huge, but at least an important situation. Even if the Raptors don't make the shot, you would like, at least like to see them sort of execute. Right? They, you know, execute a play. Very basic, but execute a play. And he decides to jack up the three. Like, it was an air ball. And it was horrendous. Like, it, it was horrendous to see that kind of execution. And that your poise had to come from your rookie, Malachi Flynn, who, who made four threes. And again, some of those, he, he took some heaves too. But, like, I couldn't accept a heave when the shot clock is turned off and you're down six. Yeah, okay, go for a heave. But in that situation, the shots by Boucher and, and Gary, those were, those were shocking plays. And the Raptors, this is a winnable game. They just decided to throw it away. And, I, I don't I, again... If you're pro-tank at this point, I'm kind of pro-tank. I, 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 honestly, I, I like the fact that the Raptors are going to get a good draft pick, so I don't mind if they lose. But I, at least I would like to see them lose with some purpose. And today, didn't really feel like that in terms of the starting group. And, you know, I think Malachi brought it. Um, you know, he I don't think he had that much in the tank today, but he brought it as best as he could. Um, yeah, And, of course, he came up late, of course. But I thought Pascal was also really good in the starting five. He really... Um, had to carry such a heavy load for this team today because he, in addition to being the only good scorer in in the starting five, who was getting the Raptors good baskets or at least good offense off you know him driving and kicking it out. Um, in addition to that, he also had to run back up point, and so he ended up playing forty minutes and he bounced back really well. Like obviously he was you know really bad against the the Knicks outside of that third quarter, and he he caught a lot of flack, he caught a lot of criticism, a lot of guys were on his case, whatever. Today, much, much better. And I would say, look, listen, the Hawks' interior defense, not the same as the Knicks' interior defense. The Knicks are way more physical. You know, the matchups, all that stuff. I don't think the Hawks double-teamed Pascal as much as the Knicks did. You know, didn't swarm him as much. You know, whatever. But at the same time, Pascal delivered. Pascal did his job today, and he did his job very well, I thought. 30 points for Pascal, uh, 7 assists. By the way, those 7 assists, that was uh, half of the, the team's total. The Raptors only had 16 assists as a group. You know, that's disappointing. Um, but I thought Pascal played really well. He he brought it. And even guys off the bench were bringing it, right? Because, you know, it's this odd situation. But you got Ken Birch um, in his second game as a Raptor, coming with 13 points, uh, making multiple plays offensively, defensively. Um, that Apparently that's only one off his career high, which, okay. That's, you know, I mean, 14 is, but whatever, right? We all know that Birch is not here for scoring, but, you know, he was able to showcase some of his, scoring skills that he knocked down a three that's apparently his fifth career three-pointer 
uh, off a kickout from Pascal. He knocked down a mid-range jumper off a kickout from Pascal. Uh, you know, he rolled to the basket, I think, also with Pascal going to the rim. Like, Birch was doing well. And he, defensively, he, he was good. He, he, he was energetic. He, you know, he, he boxed out. He got rebounds, collected loose ball. Like, I, I liked what he brought. I, I liked what Utah brought for a short stretch, although he didn't really make that big of an impact. Didn't really play that much either. Uh, but he got some rebounds. Um, you know, but... Even Freddie Gillespie, I thought his physicality was important, but it was just it was disappointing to see that sort of effort from the starting group. And again, listen, you know, like it, the situation is difficult. I get it. No point guards, you know. I think OG's a guy who can create some for his own, and he did fine when he was like taking the shots that he should, which is like post up, you know, with a good advantage, you know, use your strength to get to the rim. He did that at least two or three times. That's those are great. Those are fantastic. I don't know if I need to see OG and Obi run pick and rolls and try to dribble through traffic and stuff because you know he's got like. You know, his his balance is just not there, man. His, his, you know, I didn't even want to make a joke about the balance. But in any case, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just would have liked to see a better effort from the team who, listen, I'm sure they're fighting through difficult circumstances. Like Nick even said before the game, a lot of these guys who had COVID, like, you know, it's still, it, you're still recovering. And that's truly concerning. Um, and of course, you never really know the impact of that. And of course, I appreciate that human impact. I, that the, the the it's really um, you know starting to dawn on a lot of the players. Just so like how much of an uphill battle this is. The Raptors are in a stretch of like nine games in like fourteen days or something like that. It's a huge grind, and I understand people checking out. But um, you know, it, it's just frustrating to sort of see the the, the game the way it went. Um, in terms of some of the positives from this game, I thought Malachi, obviously, in the fourth quarter was very positive. Over the course of the game, I thought he was maybe struggling a little bit in terms of, like, he looked a little bit tired, maybe a little bit banged up. Um, you know, obviously, he's playing a really heavy workload now. Um, you know, you're starting to see um, maybe some signs of him slowing down just a little bit. Um, you know, again, in college, you don't you play, like, twice a week, and then you only play, like, I mean, I don't know. I sound like I watch so much college, but, like, he played 33 games in college last year. Um, and now he's playing like 40 minutes a night, pretty much every other night. Um, obviously, no other point guards tonight, so Malachi had to play a ton. Like, I could see that wearing on him. But in the fourth quarter, he seemed to really come alive. And again, in those four threes in the fourth. And he had five threes in the fourth, actually. And, and he had a career-high 22 points. That was all very impressive. I, I like the way he played. But I, I like his, you know, compete defensively. That's always there. It's always unquestioned. Um, he, he gets, you know, down low, uh, he helps out with rebounding. He helps collect those loose balls. Cause again, you know, sometimes, you know, when the bigs are battling, a lot of that stuff will drop to the ground and, you know, you know, guys <laughs> just like this little squirrel, just like collecting all these things that shake down from the tree and then running away with it. And he's a little squirrely anyway, in terms of how he moves, but. Um, I, I liked the way Malachi played. I thought he, he really stuck it through. And again, he came up huge in the fourth quarter. Uh, I liked the way Pascal played a ton. He's super aggressive in terms of getting into the post. Um, and the Hawks were covering him a lot in single coverage. And they were using a lot of like Solomon Hill on him. Or like he would get switched on to Bogdan Bogdanovich. He would call for the screen, try to get the switch, and then attack the switch. Go to the rim, finish. I liked all that from Pascal. He got into the mid-range as well. You know, you know as he was saying... It's not necessarily the greatest shot, but, you know, those are sometimes the only shots that are available. And when he has to create, you know, that that is the shot that is available to him. He had the mid-range going for him. He hit a three tonight. I mean, he was great. I mean, he shot 13 on 19 from the field. He shot one of five from three. And, of course, that's not ideal. You would like to see that number come up. But that means that he shot 12 of 14 from two. 
And that's really impressive. I thought he could have got a couple more free throw calls as well. I mean, he was only three or four from the free throw line, but Pascal really, really created for himself. He really, really, you know, put the team on his back a lot of the times. And it, it's he was in awkward situations because, the, the, you know, because of the players that are available, you know, you look at the bench, you have Gillespie, who's a center, Birch, who's a center, Utah, who is like a power forward, um, and then Rodney Hood as your only wing off the bench. There's Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines as well, but of course Baines is another center, and Stanley offensively is pretty much a center. So you have like one wing off the bench, and so you know Pascal had to play out there with a lot of bigs on the floor, and the spacing wasn't great when you have Gillespie and Birch, two guys who are necessarily non-shooters, although Birch did hit a three and a jumper. But still, scouting report-wise, he's a non-shooter. No one's going to really guard him out there. Um, not a lot of spacing. So Pascal had to not only run the point, but had to sort of read where the defense is coming from, uh, really try to attack and try to create for others. And I thought Pascal did a really good job of that. And he brought it defensively. I thought you know he came up with a couple of big blocks. Um, I, I would really wish that Pascal got more on the defensive glass, especially when he's paired with Boucher. But um, I think that's one of the things where Pascal, he said and after the game, he's like he's really trying to focus on developing strength regaining his strength after he lost all that weight in, in COVID and that strength matters. Like you could see him getting like manhandled a few times, you know, I, I like I was watching that Laker game. You got manhandled by like Wes Matthews and I'm like, that's, that's not Pascal. Like he just isn't man. I, you know, not, not getting moved around by shooting guards, but that's where he is at the moment. So, I mean, I think he's trying to give his, his best there. And of course he's also carrying a ton of the offense. So I, I like the way Pascal played really liked his consistency throughout the game. You know, um, and I liked what Birch brought. I, I, again, I, I think Birch is a guy who is very solid for this team. This is a really nice piece of insurance. And we saw it today, right? We saw it today with Boucher really struggling, um, you know, in that matchup. He had four points, three rebounds, 24 minutes, one of three shooting, missed two threes. You know, defensively got moved out of the way quite a few times. Guys finishing, um, uh, you know, easily at the basket when he was there. Uh, Capella obviously with 19 and 21. Of course, you don't want to see that kind of stat line. Um, and so on, on days where Boucher doesn't have it, like in previous games, it would be like, all right, we go small at center, which is still not ideal. Or we bring in Aaron Baines, which is not ideal. Or we bring in Stanley, which is not ideal. Now they can bring in Kim Birch, and it's not like the perfect solution, um, but Kim is a guy you can count on defensively. He's going to be athletic. He's going to finish things around the basket, uh, but he's going to protect the basket. He's going to be good in position, and he's going to rebound, and he's going to contest things. And today he even got two steals, both uh, leading to fast breaks where he got fouled both times. So, like, I, I like what Cam brings. I think it's a nice insurance policy. Boucher's offense, you know, is is a lot higher um, in terms of what he can do than Birch. Um, even on his best day, literally, I mean, literally, Birch's career high is 14, and we saw Boucher have, like, 38 points, like, last week. So, you know, it, you know there's levels. But um, I think what the Raptors need out of their center position is stability and, and rebounding. And sometimes Boucher is able to bring that, but... I know Birch, most off, more often than not, at least 80% of the time, he's going to come in and be solid in those fronts in terms of rebounding and defense. And that's very useful. And so the Raptors have brought him off the bench. I'm not really sure how they're going to find minutes for him and Freddie Gillespie. It seems like this kind of hurting both those guys' games because they play the same game. You know, Gillespie's a physical rebounder. Uh, he, he had a really nice uh, shot block at the basket. It looked like he was about to get crowned on, but he actually blocked the guy at the basket, which is great. Um, and he has big screens. Seems like he has okay hands as well. 
Um, but, you know, he's not really going to be able to be in a lot of those pick-and-roll actions if Birch is out there because Birch is the superior player. So I do think that, honestly, it would make more sense to flip the rotation around a little bit. And it to me, it just seems like Pascal and Boucher, the two of them together, too skinny, the two of them. Like, they're going to get boxed out. They're going to get moved around. Guys are going to finish. You know, especially with Pascal not being at full fitness uh, and Boucher being inconsistent, like, half the time that's going to be a liability defensively. Um, and so it makes more sense to me to see like Pascal and Birch make a lot more sense as a combo or even Pascal and Freddie Gillespie, although I think Birch is a better player. So Pascal and Birch makes more sense. You have the stability at center with Birch. He can rebound. He can be physical. He can do some stuff around the basket. Doesn't stretch the floor the way Boucher does, but honestly, if Boucher doesn't hit his first three, defenses aren't really going to guard him out there that tight either. So I don't know how much spacing that necessarily brings, but at least, you know, you have more, you know, you have... Uh, a little from column A and a little from column B because you have a skinny guy and, and, and a stronger guy. And, you know, the same thing off the bench. If you bring in Boucher and Gillespie, then you have Gillespie who can play center and Boucher can play power forward, which is probably his more natural position. So that's something you can adjust on the fly. Of course, you know, I think Boucher's also earned the starting spot too. I mean, he's pretty much earned it all season. He hasn't really started all season. Um, but I, I do think that Nick has sort of reached this point where he's like, okay, let's give Boucher that the chance to, to really run with the position. Of course, he's one of the young guys that are trying to develop as well. So, you know, maybe. But um, I think, you know, strategically it makes more sense. And today, you know, Pascal and Birch closed much of the fourth quarter, maybe in the first nine minutes. I think Boucher finally got in towards the end, um, only to take a step back one-legged three, which I didn't understand. But, you know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> it's pandemic basketball, baby. Tune in. To watch pandemic basketball. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's it's tough. I don't know what else to say other than it's tough. Um, in terms of anything else, not, not that much else to note. Uh, I mean, I think uh, it just wasn't the best game by the team. So in terms of your three stars uh, for this game, Pascal's going to get the first star. 30 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 uh, blocks as well. In 40 minutes, 13 and 19 from the field. Only one of five from three, but three of four from the free throw line. Really active, really aggressive. I uh, think he was very decisive in the way he moved. Um, you know, you got the mid-range game going. And I like this kind of version of Pascal. Honestly, there's like two Pascals. There's like this one and then the other one, like, you know, where he goes like one of 11 in the first half. And which, by the way, people always, you know, I saw someone say like, oh, can't go easy on Pascal. You got to hold them accountable. First up. What do you think this is, man? Sports media is not like the political media or anything else like that, right? It's not like, oh, you got to hold the president accountable asking them tough questions that Americans want to hear or that citizens want to hear. Like, this is sports media, man. Relax, okay? Like, it's literally not that serious. What do you think I'm going to do? Like, you know, run up to Pascal or Blake Murphy's going to run up to Pascal and be like, yo, you need to work on your three-point shot. Like, what is that even going to do? Like, first off, these guys make like $30 million. They have like way more experienced basketball people around them. Like, they're there's nothing we can do as basketball media other than just to ask the question, literally. But in any case, you know, people are like, oh, you got to hold Pascal accountable. Otherwise, he'll develop bad habits. Man, Pascal himself said after the game t- today, right? He, he was in a post-game interview and he said, you know, yeah, I, I got to be a lot better. Like, I can't have one of 11 halves like I did in the other game. Like, he knows that. Like, Pascal's not a guy who shirks on responsibilities. He's not a guy like that, right? Like, <laughs> that's just not him. That really is not him. That's not his personality. He's going to have good games and bad games. And of course, you know, you would expect more consistency or you would want more consistency. But like, you know, this idea that he's getting a free pass or anything like that, please. Have you, I mean, I'm not even trying to defend other media members. I, you know, I could really only speak my own job. But like, 
you know, this guy has gotten critiqued quite a bit. And, yeah, I mean, there are two kind of Pascals. There's the, there's the Pascal that drives everyone crazy, and there's the Pascal that people expect. And today, today was Pascal, the Pascal that people expect. And, you know, because there's both of these guys, then that's why you look at his averages for the season. And you look at it, it's like 20 points, 21 points, you know, five assists, like seven, eight rebounds. And it's like, all right, so... It does kind of average out, but today was a really good Pascal game. I, I think he did everything he could to get the Raptors to win. It just seemed like nobody else, um, aside from Flynn at the end, uh, really wanted to help out. Uh, Flynn gets the second star. I think his late shot making pushed him ahead of Birch for me, um, but they're kind of equivalent here. But Flynn, 15, uh, tw- career high 22 points for the rookie, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. I thought early in the game, you know, he was not necessarily getting the greatest shots. And he did take 18 shots, you know, I think as a point guard, I think I would like to see that number get lower, especially before he's able to sort of develop the other parts of his scoring game. Like, I don't I don't mind it as much if Fred takes 18 shots because I know Fred can, you know, has more skills. He's more polished scoring-wise, although it's still not ideal for Fred to take 18 shots. But still, I understand it at that point. I, I get it. Uh, but Flynn, you know, as a rookie, I think some of the early shots were a little rushed. There were some stagnant possessions, but that late push at the end was 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 quite exciting. And, you know, dare I say, a little Kyle Lowry-esque in terms of how he made some of those shots. And he had a defensive stop in that stretch, too. And, he, you know, he just looked good. I, I'm happy for Malachi. And your third star that's going to go to Cam Birch. 13.7 rebounds, two steals, a block, 5 of 6 shooting, 1 of 2 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I really liked his performance. Um, energetic. Just a really solid player. And I don't think you can give you 13 and 7 consistently, but I think that effort's going to be there and that defense is going to be there. He's a nice bench piece. He's a nice insurance piece. And honestly, on this team, he could probably start. Um, but <laughs> as we've seen this season, you could change the starting center all you want, but uh, the result's still going to be the same. And unfortunately, I think that applies to Birch as well. But I, I like the way Birch played. It's very encouraging. It's a nice game to sort of introduce yourself to the fan base of like, this is what I am. This is what I can do. So you can expect from me. And, this is, and Birch is a guy who's very reliable. I think he's a guy coaches really like um, in Orlando. Like, Steve Clifford really liked this guy. And I think Knicks is going to really like this guy, too, just because he's a very solid bench guy. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. He's 28 years old. He's uh looks pretty active and lively. He was pretty quick. Like, he got a steal, and he, he took it the other way and, and, and got fouled at the rim um, on an intentional foul. But, like, he looked pretty quick moving up and down the floor. So, uh, I, I liked what I saw from Ken Birch. And, yeah, I wish he was on the team sooner. But, you know. Uh, I wish a lot of things for this Raptors season. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, um, that's got to go to Brandon Goodwin. Um, first off, I was mad confused. I thought this was Archie Goodwin this whole time, but and then I remembered he hasn't been in the league for like three, four years. But in any case, Brandon, 18 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. So it wasn't actually, he didn't actually play that much like point guard, even though he was a point guard. Uh, Bogdanovich handled most of the point and he ran it really well. Only four assists, but I thought he moved the ball beautifully and he made some tough shots. Kevin Herter also did a really good job of sort of handling when he needed to, but playing off ball. But Goodwin, I was surprised by. He, um, I don't know much about his game, but yeah, he was. He's there to kind of fill in the gaps. He hit some threes as well. Uh, he missed two late free throws, which temporarily left the door open for the Raptors. But in any case, um, Goodwin was nice. Eighteen points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Pretty good. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. 
Uh, and people, I saw someone ask, um, how can I get that newsletter? I mean, it's going to be in the podcast description. So if you're listening to this on YouTube or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can just click on the description of the video and it'll be there and you can put your email in and you can get the newsletter, which you will get highlights of the game, post game videos of the game. You're going to get, uh, you know, a link to 10 things. You're going to get a link to the podcast. Uh, you're going to get three takeaways from the game and you're going to get to send in questions to the mailbag which I've been enthusiastically answering, and it's been very enjoyable to, to, to write back to fans and stuff like that, uh, and to give them a platform. So subscribe to the newsletter. And if you're listening to like it on Google or whatever, then yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you're, on, if you're on iTunes, for example, you can click the podcast description uh, in the notes. You'll be able to see the link to it. If you're on Spotify, same deal. Haven't really used other platforms, but I imagine it's the same thing. So uh, subscribe to that. If you haven't already, um, Watch Run It Back. Me and Alice are going to record tomorrow, so it'll probably come out on Thursday. And, um, yeah, if you haven't already, check out the call-in show as well because me and Josh did it uh, this Monday. So we're going to try to do it every other Monday, so it's going to come back in two weeks. But it was very fun listening to fans again, hearing fans call in. Really appreciate it. A lot of Pascal discourse, both positive and negative. So if you haven't already, check out that episode that came out Monday. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And, um, yeah. We go again tomorrow when the Raptors play the Spurs. Can't wait to uh, see DeMar and what he does to us.